Welcome to another episode of the Luxury Weekly, where I summarize 10 important news in the luxury industry in 10 minutes. I wasn't able to publish the last two episodes, so this time I'm covering news since June 21st, 2021. It's been a while. 1. The most important news of the week was the acquisition of Delvo by Richmond for an undisclosed amount, but the price tag is rumored to be around $300 million. Delvo is a Belgium luxury leather goods house founded in 1829 by Charles Delvo, and it's mostly known for its luxury handbags. It has been owned by Asian investors since 2011. Delvo's leather pieces are crafted in its workshops across Belgium and France, and mostly sold across a network of 50 boutiques worldwide. Sales figures are not public, but are estimated to be around 130 million euros. Delvo will now be able to leverage Richmond's global presence and digital capabilities, as well as develop its customer engagement and omnichannel strategies. This strategic acquisition allows Richmond to consolidate its leather goods portfolio after selling the Lancel brand back in 2018. It shows the group's desire to grow in the luxury accessories segment, which is expected to reach $65 billion by 2025. Leather goods at Richmond brought in $1.5 billion in sales in 2020, far behind its jewelry and watches maison or the ready-to-wear brands. Soft luxury goods have always underperformed at Richmond. At the macro level, even though leather goods and accessories are only 15% of the total luxury market, it's still an important one because it generally has higher margins than apparel, watches and jewelry, and it's also a category which is more immune to discounting practices. Some wonder if this acquisition is a sort of response to LVMH's acquisition of Tiffany. LVMH is going after the jewelry segment, while Richmond is trying to consolidate its leather goods offer. 2. The second biggest news that happened recently came from Burberry, with the unexpected announcement that their CEO, Marco Gobetti, was stepping down to become CEO of Ferragamo. This took the industry by surprise and Burberry's shares fell by 10% following the news. Since taking the reins of Burberry back in 2017, Gobetti has repositioned the British fashion giant and appointed designer Riccardo Tisci in 2018. The pair has successfully injected great creative and commercial appeal into the brand. Tisci's vision has been to give Burberry's traditional Britishness a modern twist by incorporating elements of streetwear. Burberry seems to be on the path to recovery from the pandemic, but it's not experiencing the same growth pace as rivals like Dior or Louis Vuitton. Some of the gap can be explained by product mix. Burberry relies more on sales of ready-to-wear clothing than its rivals, which earn most of their revenues from higher-margin leather goods. That makes it more exposed to changing trends and more vulnerable to discounting. Expanding in leather goods has been a key focus of Gobetti, to boost growth and profits. More work is needed to clean up distribution as well, eliminate discounting, while the designs need to appeal to new customers, especially in China. 3. On the product launch side, Balenciaga unveiled its couture collection for the first time since the last collection came out 53 years ago. The show was held in Balenciaga's historic home in Paris, in front of 100 guests. A minute of silence started the show to pay tribute to the heritage of Cristobal Balenciaga and also to honor the past and the legacy of the house, according to designer Demnag Vasalia. The entire show was silent with no background music. 
It was an immense success and deemed the Paris season's most compelling collection to date. Then, French jeweler Boucheron launched a futuristic hydrury collection called Hologram using a special material used to coat the lights on airport runways. Multiple layers of that materials are sprayed in thin layers on rock crystal to create incredible effects when the light shines on them from changing ways to colors. 4. LVMH unveiled plans to open a research center in France that will focus on sustainable materials and biofuels. The ultimate goal of the new center will be to get rid of plastics. It's expected to open by 2025 and will host scientists, researchers and startups in co-working spaces. LVMH will reportedly have close to 1,000 employees focusing on its sustainable research and developments across the group's various brands and business divisions, from Louis Vuitton, Fendi and Dior in fashion or leather goods, to Krug and Rinar in wines and spirits. The center and its researchers will play a critical role in evaluating the environmental impact of new materials and factors such as energy consumptions, carbon dioxide emissions, plastic content, and working with recycled materials. 5. Isabelle Marant launched an e-commerce platform for second-hand items named Isabelle Marant Vintage. The website isabellemarant-vintage.com launched on June 18th and makes it easy for clients to send their products. As soon as the used clothing is sent in and validated by the brand's quality experts, the seller is given a voucher which they can use towards the brand's latest products or on Isabel Marant Vintage to find pieces from past collections. To support the site's launch in France, the brand is also offering surprise bags priced at $175, which contain five items such as belts, t-shirts, small leather goods and tote bags. All proceeds from the venture will go to the designer's charitable fund which has the objective of consistently committing to women's education and supporting crafts in indigenous communities. Then, Harrods also announced the launch of a new rental service in partnership with My Wardrobe HQ. Shoppers will be able to rent pieces for either 4, 7, 10 or 14 days, both online from My Wardrobe HQ's website, as well as from a dedicated pop-up at Harrods Knightsbridge store. 6. I don't often talk about the luxury car segment, so I wanted to highlight Jaguar, which unveiled a plan to reposition itself as a provider of luxury electric vehicles and compete in that segment with Bentley. To move up market, it will release a new range of electric models designed entirely from scratch with the ambition to establish Jaguar as modern luxury. To do so, prices will increase above the symbolic £100,000 threshold, which none of its cars currently reach except after piling up options. Its current electric fleet ranges from 40 to 70,000 pounds. 7. On the finance side, LVMH took full control of Italian fashion house Emilio Pucci by buying all the remaining shares owned by the Pucci family. LVMH had owned 67% of the brand since the 1980s. Pucci was in the news recently after unveiling an exciting collaboration with Supreme. With this acquisition, LVMH strengthened their fashion portfolio, especially with Italian brands. The daughter of Emilio Pucci will leave her function of image director, a role she has held for 36 years, in order to focus on the house's archives and heritage. Then, Glossier raised an 80 million Series E, valuating the company at $1.8 billion. 
most of the cash will be put towards retail expansion with new boutiques already planned in Los Angeles, London and Seattle. Finally, eyewear brand Warby Parker confidentially filed for an IPO. The iconic eyewear brand was valued at $3 billion in its last funding round in 2020. 8. Ralph Lauren entered the gaming arena through a partnership with E2 Esports. The fashion company sees the move as an evolution of its long history of sports partnerships. This time, Ralph Lauren will provide outfits for the entire eSport team. The partnership also includes activation across TikTok and Twitch. The star gamer from that eSport team will also appear in Ralph Lauren's Wimbledon ad campaign. This partnership is only the beginning and Ralph Lauren stated that more will come not only with G2, but also the entire eSport space in general. eSport has gained phenomenal traction over the past few years and has become a target for luxury brands. If you remember, back in 2019, Louis Vuitton partnered with the game League of Legends to create a capsule collection which sold out in a few hours, as well as a few skins for the game. They also provided an exceptional chunk as the trophy for the game's tournament winner. 9. Do you want to hear about NFTs? Another week, another example. This time, it's Givenchy Perfume, which launched their first NFT in collaboration with Le Mag Jeune Association, which supports LGBTQIA young people and fights against LGBT phobia. The French fashion house partnered with a gallery and an artist to create digital artworks which will be sold in 1,952 copies. The digital artwork is a series of animated portraits based on photographs that the artists have digitally reworked in the colors of the rainbow flags. The artwork was available to buy on the Vive platform. All proceeds will be donated to Le Mag Jeune Association. 10. Finally, still on the topic of crypto, Sotheby's sold a gigantic 101 carat diamond in Hong Kong for $12.3 million in, wait for it, cryptocurrency. While it's not the most expensive diamond sale in history, it is the first one ever concluded in crypto. Sotheby's had announced the sale a month ago, stating that they would accept payment in fiat, bitcoin and ethereum. The diamond itself is incredible and it's the second largest pear-shaped diamond to ever be sold publicly. It's also been classified as a type 2A diamond, with no IR detectable nitrogen or boron impurities. So not only is the gem huge, but it's also exceedingly rare. It's such an interesting development and in my opinion it shows that cryptocurrency is really becoming more and more mainstream and we can expect that more brands or platforms will accept them as a form of payment. That's it for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode and enjoy your summer. <laughs>